Welcome to The Growth Show with Matt Lindsay, where we discuss growth strategies both for business and a personal perspective, discussing all kinds of businesses, growth strategies, technology, investment strategy, and much more. We are meeting with entrepreneurs, investors, app developers, and property developers. Our vision is to help 10,000 business owners grow their businesses. Introducing our host, Matt Lindsay. Matt is a former banker and corporate financier. He now spends his time building his own companies organically and through acquisition, as well as raising capital for other businesses. Matt works with a wide variety of entrepreneurs and investors. Hi, and welcome to The Growth Show. Today's guest is John Abrahams. Welcome, John. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, Matt. Yeah, good to see you. Good to see you. Thank you for inviting me on. Likewise, likewise. So pre-recording, we were reflecting on the, the amount of time that we've known one another for, and it's, it's, it's quite a long time, isn't it? We're getting old. <laughs> yeah, well, we've, ne- we've now hit our, our, yeah, we've uh, now hit our 40s. What, we, we were at school together, at, you know, in our teens, so it's got to be 20 plus years that we, that we you know, really sort of saw each other maybe the odd the odd pub um you know rendezvous at some point but uh, yeah it's been a long time isn't it yeah yeah absolutely and uh so so the, the reason this came about is i i, I saw I, I was watching on my linkedin profile and i saw that you'd visited my profile um following the the billy schwer podcast and the, the the boxer who was on a few weeks ago giving us some motivational tips and all that stuff um and yeah, I, I, I remembered that you you successfully built a business and uh, yeah, you, you responded and said you'd be interested in having a chat on that front. So uh, yeah, I'd be really interested to learn what you've been up to in that in that subsequent period in terms of yeah, what what you've done and gone on gone and built up and uh, yeah, and also yeah, share with us your 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 most recent news as well, which I'm sure you're really pleased pleased to learn as well. Yeah, sure. Okay, so I mean, yeah, obviously, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't know about the the the, the show initially, but when I uh, clicked, I, I saw the name Billy Schwer pop up, and I thought that's really interesting. You know, he's a real, he's a great character, and obviously, fantastic, you know, sporting ambassador for Luton, you know, which is where originally I'm from. Um, so I had a had a look and listened to that, and that was great and, and fantastic show, by the way. Um, Thank you. So um, yeah, my background um, is is in product design and development. So I did industrial design at university, um, at Coventry University, many moons ago. Um, and I went into product development. I went to work for a design consultancy called DesignWorks down in Windsor, um, where I spent the uh, best part of 10 years designing and developing products for other people, other individuals who maybe had an idea that they wanted to launch or companies that were launching new products to the market. Um, and I loved doing that. It was great fun. Um, you know, learned a lot. Uh, but I started to get itchy feet and, and I thought, I'd like to be doing this for myself. You know, I want to launch my own product. You know, I saw products that I'd worked on go on to Dragon's Den and get launched into the market. And, you know, some were successful, some weren't quite successful. Um, but all the time, I just had this kind of nagging thought, you know, I'd really like to launch my own product. Um, at the same time, I was, uh, and still am, relatively into uh, biking. And I used to mountain bike with a, with a very good friend of mine who was also a product designer, a chap called Ben Smith. 
um, uh, we used to uh, we used to ride together and talk about ideas. We'd always talk about you know ideas for bikes. You know, what can we do to make this you know bike faster or better or you know just just ideas all the time. Um, and he was working in the bike industry uh, at the time. Um, he was living in California, working for a, um, a bike brand called, um, or bicycle accessory brand called uh, Troy Lee Designs. They make really cool um, uh, helmets and, and um, uh, mountain bike equipment, basically. Cool. Um, uh, and I had uh, I had a bike stolen, um, and it got me thinking about basically um, the reason I had it stolen was because I didn't lock it up. Even though I had a bike lock at home, I didn't take it with me because I. No way to fix it on my bike and, and stuff like that. Um, and it just got me thinking. I started playing around with a few ideas and I essentially came up with the idea for a wearable bike lock. So it's exactly. essentially a chain that you that you wear around your waist, um, but critically you don't lock it around your waist and it's also adjustable. So it's adjustable for different sizes. Um, now, you know, the couriers, bike couriers in London and all around the world have been wearing chains around their waist for years because it's a convenient way to carry it. Um, but what they have to do is essentially lock it around their waist. It's not very safe. They're not really designed to be worn like that. Um, and also you, you've got a fixed length. So we thought there's got to be a better way of doing this. So we came up with an idea for, um, for wearing a chain around your waist and we developed a, a, a system, a, a patented system that allowed you to, to secure it around your waist and then still use the, uh, the the lock obviously to secure your bike right um, and we worked on this for a good you know a good year or so uh, and it got to the point basically where we afterward we, we tested a number of prototypes we did a little um marketing focus group we pitched it to a few people um and the response was really really good you know so this focus group of cyclists were like this is brilliant. What a great idea. You know, we'll, we'll buy one. And that gave us the confidence to essentially order a load of product from the manufacturer that I'd been working with. So as part of my you know, background, I had links to factories in the Far East. And, and sure. so, I, so I could get the product made. Um, so that's what we did. We basically just ordered a load of products and, you know, in the hope to, that we could sell these products. Um, ben, who's... Um, uh, you know, he's he's um, sort of specialises in, in brand, both product and, and brand and marketing. Yeah. Um, he created some really cool content where we were, um, we, we filmed guys you know, using the products in California, um, you know, riding with them, locking up their bikes and stuff. Um, launched some videos on YouTube and obviously had a website where people could buy the product. And people just, you know, it just went, just, just took off from there. Uh, and from that, from that point, we got distributors involved um, or distributors interested. We got retailers like um, Evan Cycles interested. Um, and slowly, they, you know, they came on board and started buying more and more. And and it literally was, it started off with with Ben and I um, in different countries. You know, he was in he was in the fire. He was in the, uh, you know, west coast of America. Uh, I was in I was in the UK, and um, uh, yeah, it just went off from there. Um, so we didn't have an office. We both still had full time jobs. Um, uh, <laughs> we just had to sell these products, you know. <laughs> so we so uh, it just it just took off from there basically. Um, 
uh, you know, probably six months to a year later, he moved back to the UK. We got a little office. Um, he started working full time on it. Um, I worked part time, left, eventually left my job. And, and then, you know, it, after probably about 12 months, it, it you know, generated enough of an income to, to, to support us, you know, taking a wage out of the business. Um, and at that point, you know, kind of thought we'd, we'd, you know, we'd made it. We were living the dream then, you know. But, you know, a lot of hard work. And, you know, 10 years later, we're now, you know, a team of, um, team of about 14 of us. Um, wow. So, so, it's, so over that period of time, so you established the product, got it selling, obviously with the branding and marketing expertise that you've got on side, that obviously, you know, was, was crucial. And it, it's probably fair to say that during that period of time as well, cycling has gone through a bit of a renaissance. It's kind of become cool, cool again, if that is, is that fair to say? So timing yeah. is probably quite good. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the, the, uh, you know, they call it the Wiggins effect, but 2012 was when we, you know, obviously there were, you know, London Olympics, um, Bradley Wiggins winning the tour, all of that, you know, definitely helped, you know, the boom in cycling. Um, so that, that helped us, but really from pretty much from day one, we, we saw, we considered ourselves a global company. We shipped everywhere in the world. We had within six months, we had distributors in Australia, South America, Central America, um, US, um, a number of countries in um, in Europe, um, all relatively small, but you know, combined together, we were we were selling, you know, we were selling all over the world, um, which you know, and at the time we only had one product, so um, we were set up right from the from from the start to be able to sort of, you know, supply product globally. Um, basically by, by drop shipping. So, so we would, um, we would order in production windows in the far East. Um, and then those distributors would, would order FOB, um, from, from China, uh, and we would ship directly from, from China to them. So the majority of the product wasn't, wasn't coming through the UK. Right. And, it's, and it still, it still doesn't to this day. So that's, that's kind of how we set up. So whilst the, the, the UK is our biggest market. Um, it's never been our only market um, because it's a it's a product that works, you know, globally. Um, mm. you know, if you've got us, you know, where there are bikes, there are bike there is bike theft, unfortunately, and people need to lock up their bikes. So, you know, there is obviously subtleties between the different markets. I mean, it's quite interesting in, in Japan. You know, they don't use really strong locks because no one really cuts the lock. They're more worried about someone getting drunk and taking the wrong bike than they are someone actually stealing the bike. Um, but they still need to lock them up, you know. So, yeah, there's subtleties in different markets and, and obviously we need to recognise those. But, yeah, the, the, the product works. You know. and, and, and in terms of the branding, of, so the company's called Hiplock, isn't it? Is that right? The, 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 the Hiplock is the brand, but the company is actually called Plus 8 Industries. And the reason it's right. called Plus 8 is because when we set up the business, there was eight hours time difference between Ben and I. So right. we would spend our time e either very early in the morning or very late at night talking <laughs> about the development of the company or the products, um, recognizing that there's an eight hour time difference. I mean, we were doing Skype, you know, like way back, you know, when, when, it, just, when it just launched. So... Um, yeah, that's that's kind of so this sort of when we're talking on Teams or on Skype now, it's kind of like back to the old days now. Yeah, 
yeah cool and and, and in terms of how you manage that transition because that you know is, is is the really difficult bit isn't it whilst you're building something up while you're gainfully employed obviously you still want to you know look after you know do do the best that you can for your your job but at the same time you know I'm a bit like a bit like yourself I had that itch that I needed to go and scratch in terms of building my own things up how, how did you manage that in terms of if you were you know doing calls at four o'clock in the morning and then having to go to work all day how, how, how did yeah that I, I mean it wasn't easy to be honest but I think it's like anything if you're if you're that passionate about something you find the time and the energy um, mm. you know it's like w when you have kids it's it, it's you can't you can't imagine having so much free time that you had before you know it's like but you, you find the time and energy to to, to deal with it you know mm. um so yeah it was just evenings and weekends that, you know that we were that we were working on it but it very quickly became apparent when when we realized that you know we needed to put more time and energy into it you know we we left left our jobs you know well, Ben came back to the UK um, and just made a clean break. And I had about a six month period where I was working basically half and half. Um, and my old business were very, you know, they were very supportive and, um, you know, they were, they were totally cool with it. So um, yeah, yeah, I was, cool. I was fortunate. And, and, and were, you, were you profitable at that point in time or, or was it? Yeah, we've, I mean, we've actually been profitable as a business every year. Um, we had um, we had a small startup loan, um, which we've since paid back. Um, we had, so we had like um, like a like an angel investor, if you like. Um, yeah. uh, we we had we had a little we had a couple of grants, um, sort of business development fund grants. Um, uh, but otherwise, no, we've just you know we've we've managed to you know basically run the business on a, on a shoestring and, and not spend anything more than we that we've got basically you know pretty old school way of financing a company to be quite honest you know because we didn't have any experience or any other sort of knowledge about how to you know how to run or finance a business we just thought that's what you did you know you sell some products you get some profit you reinvest it back into the business and you make some more profit that's the that's the plan isn't it um, but what we did do right from the, right from the, from day one is we put anything spare we had into product development um, right. and patents as well. So intellectual property and, 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 and sort of new product development has always been the kind of the core of our growth strategy right. because we knew right from the start that, you know, for us to be successful as a business, we we're never going to be a successful one product company. The, the, the product we had was great. It still is great. We still sell the original product that we sell. But, you know, we wanted to be a security brand that offered products to a wide range of cyclists because, you know, not everyone wants to wear a chain around their waist. We recognize that. Sure. But we knew that we could apply the same innovative ethos to other segments or other sectors within, the, within that, you know, within the bicycle security market. Okay. You know, it's quite niche, but there's still a big, you know, there's a big enough pie that we thought there's, you know, there's got to be some, you know, some room for us here. So, um, so we continue to, to develop and launch new products every year. And we've, we've done that, you know, without fail, basically, we've launched a new product, or at least one new product um, every year since we since we launched. Um, and those products have always been 
um, designed by me um, from the ground up, basically. Um, so, and, and always some element of, of USP. So some, something that makes the, you know, our products different from what the competition are doing. Okay. You know, it, you know, not only is it part of our growth strategy, but for me personally, I'm a product designer and I okay. want to design the products that we, that we launch and I want them to be different. Mm. And I think if you take that approach, you know, you don't, you don't go too far wrong because, you know, people appreciate, you know, they appreciate good design. They appreciate products that are different. I think if you try and kind of, well, if you, if you're copying other people, you're then just competing on price or, you know, a customer service level, you know, um, and there's nothing wrong with that, but you know, it's not what we wanted to do. We wanted to, we wanted to have our own products. So we, we, we invested a lot of money in, in, in tooling because um, sure. it's, you know, it, it would be easy to go to a factory in China and just, you know, put our brand on a lock, on a lock that someone else could buy. Um, you know, there's no tooling investment, low minimum orders. Um, it's a lot simpler, but, you know, we didn't believe that would give us a, you know, a, a competitive edge. So, yeah, we spent a lot of money on tooling, a lot of money on, on patents and um uh, and then backing that up with marketing those products in the right way so yeah that's what we've done really okay and, and so in terms of how those products have evolved what 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 where is that where is that taking you to in terms of other aspects of security and things? yeah so i mean we so we do i mean if anyone knows anything about bike locks you'll know that you know they come in a few different guises you have you have chain locks you have d or u locks which look like a big of D basically a big big D shackle, um, uh, or you have cable locks, um, and we've and we've um, <clears throat> we've launched our version of all of those kind of um, products. So we have our own um, range of D locks with um, basically clips that allow you to carry the the, the D lock on a bag or on your belt. Uh, right. Previously, all the other D locks out there didn't have any other means to carry the product other than a kind of a frame clip, and the frame clips in our minds weren't particularly good. You know, they weren't, you know, they used to rattle around. Um, they never fitted really particularly well on the bike. And also, you know, some people don't want to attach other stuff to their bike. Um, you know, 10 years ago, the sort of the fixed gear culture in, in you know, well, globally, you know, was, was, was kind of saying riding pretty high. And the, and the trend for those kind of bikes is to have really clean aesthetic on the bike, you know, strip everything off, don't have anything, no gears, no brakes, nothing. Um, you know, so you don't really want to attach a, a lock. And a lot of those guys were, were riding with um, locks essentially in their back pocket. Mm. Um, so we, again, we sort of, you know, we took a bit of inspiration from that kind of culture and we thought there's got to be a better way of doing that. If we can design a, a D lock that allows you to clip it onto a belt um, or a bag, then, you know, then we've got a winner. So that's, that's another product we did. Um, and then since then we've launched, uh, so we've launched a, a product called um, uh, Airlock, which was the world's first um, basically lockable wall storage device. So it's a big unit that you, that you screw to a, a masonry wall. Um, right. And it, uh, you can lock your bike in this thing. So you can hang your bike up. So if you've got, I don't know if you've got bikes at home or in the garage, they're always in the way, you know? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people tend to hang them on the, on the, on the wall. Um, 
but there wasn't a product out there that allowed you to hang your bike on the wall, but also lock it, secure it in place. Because if someone gets into your garage, you know, generally garages aren't particularly secure. You know, it's easy to it's easy to to, to nip nip a bike, um, and that's where most bikes are stolen. Mo the majority of bikes are stolen from the owner's home, in you know, in the garage, out of the shed, or if they're just left in the garden. That's where the majority of bikes are stolen. So, we 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 launched a range of home security products. Including, including this, this product called the Airlock. Um, and then on the other end of the spectrum, from a, from a security point of view, we launched a product called the Z-Lock, which is essentially a lockable cable tie, a really lightweight plastic with a steel core, um, a lock fundamentally, um, but it's just super lightweight. It's only weighs 20 grams. So it's the product that we, we say it's the product that you would take with you on a road ride when you wouldn't normally take a lock. Right. So you'd lock, you, know, you can use it to lock up at a, a cafe or, or, or you know, someone like that just for a quick pit stop, if you like. Um, it's not a lock that you would take into London and leave your bike, you know, at, you know Euston Station all, all day. Sure. But, you, you know, it would give you the confidence to leave your bike if you're just nipping off somewhere, you know, to stop that, essentially, that opportunity. So we, we, we developed a wide range of products um, to suit, you know, wide category of cyclists basically commuters road bike riders mountain bikers you know people on e-bikes kids bikes so you know the broad spectrum of cyclists basically mm. oh cool so so did did you always have that feeling that you wanted to do something for yourself rather than being gainfully employed or how, how did that you know was it was it always on the agenda yeah, i would say that <laughs> For me, it was more the, the desire was more about launching my own products than right. having my own business. Right. And I, I wouldn't I wouldn't class myself as an entrepreneur. And you know, I've been fortunate that I've got a you know got a good team that has you know kept a very steady hand on on the on the business um, while I just kind of you know draw pretty pictures and design cool products i'm quite <laughs> quite fortunate in that respect so i think if it was just me on my own i, I you know uh, i'm not sure i'd be here but um yeah i i you know i know what i'm good at and i think yeah. i think it's really important that you know for anyone setting up a business you you have to learn about you know all aspects of the business of course but i think most important thing is you know figure out what you're good at and just keep doing that and put everything out, try and put everything else in place around you rather than trying to, you know, yes, you've got to understand bookkeeping, but that doesn't mean to say you have to be a bookkeeper, you know, sure. get someone in to do that, look after that side of the business while you focus on, you know, what's creating the value in the business, you know? Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, you know, I think, I think the fact that we've launched our own, pro our, our own products is a thing that I'm kind of more proud of than, than actually just setting up a business. Does that sure. make sense? Yeah, oh, cool. And and in terms of the quantum of those, so how how many were you, of the of the of the units were you selling? Is it? In, in uh, I think probably in the first year we maybe sold probably maybe two three thousand lots. Right. Um, we're probably. I mean, it's it's difficult to make a comparison now because we sell so such a, a, a wide variety, but it's several hundred thousand units that we wow. that we ship um, every year now so 
Wow. Yeah. So it's it's been a it's been a pretty steep trajectory, um, and we've grown. You know, we've grown in terms of turnover. We've grown year on year. Mm. Um, you know, and that's something. I think that's something that I'm 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 very proud of as well. I think, you know, I think you know, the sales team have done an incredible job to you know through some obviously some pretty you know challenging times. Mm. Um, last year was obviously a, a you know a big challenge for everyone. Sure. Um, but we still grew. I mean, we we kind of the, the bike industry is one of the you know one of the few winners um, you know out of all of this. I think that's good for I think that's good for the world. And there's got to be some some silver lining, obviously. Um, but cycling has been you know more people on bikes. You know, it's good for the environment. It's good for people. Mm. Um, uh, you know, and it's and it's helped our business as well. So. Um, Hopefully that's going to continue, but you know the, the numbers from this year are looking, you know, looking good year on year already. So, um, you know, we're in a strong position. Yeah, cool. I I, I remember seeing you posted the um, airlock thing when when you when you designed that. I remember seeing seeing that, and it's a really really yeah. cool product because it folds down, doesn't it, off the wall? It's it's pretty. Cool. Uh, it doesn't quite fold down, but but the but there's basically like a, a kind of a locking mechanism at right. the front. Yeah, it sort of looks like wood, but it's but it's fixed to the wall. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. so that product actually was was an interesting one in um, the sense that we used a crowdfunding platform to uh, to fund that. Right. That's that's why I saw it because I think you posted it on Facebook yeah. or somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not really a social media user. I mean, I occasionally I'll go on LinkedIn, but I don't use Instagram or or, uh, or Facebook or anything like that. Um, we have obviously like company accounts, and obviously as you know, as a brand, you can't not be involved in that world. But it's not something I really engage with. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, the Kickstarter thing. I mean, that's a really interesting you know platform. Um, you know, it is a fantastic uh, way for. Um, for entrepreneurs to launch new products with um without essentially without investing a huge amount up front because mm. it allows you to to raise funding for for the development of a product and test the market as well because you can you, you can very quickly figure out if there's a demand for that product mm. so yeah I would, I would definitely definitely recommend that to, to anyone you know thinking about launching their own product it does feel like there's been a kind of fundamental shift in terms of how we buy things and our expectations when we buy things as well. So, for example, yeah. I, I ordered one of these Uni pizza ovens the other day, which are quite a cool product. And right. basically they're making it, you know, it's it, it's it's similar kind of system whereby they, they get a load of orders and then they go and make, manufacture them once they've got the money in the bank, which... Yeah. Historically, that was that probably wouldn't have worked, but it, it feels like, I, I mean, you know, for example, I'm I'm accepting of that because I, you know, the reviews of the product and the product itself are, are pretty cool, pretty cool. So it, it's almost like a, a kind of bit of a bit of a step backwards in some way, but people are kind of accepting of that. It's, it's, it's interesting how that's changed, isn't it? Yeah, you, yeah, you're right. Because on one hand, you you you're accepting of of that. Yeah. If you know what you're getting and you know that there's a lead time, there's a delay, yeah. I think that's, that's fine. But on the flip side, you've got Amazon where, you know, if I can't get something on Amazon delivered, today, I'm basically not interested. You know, I'll buy something else then. You know, I'm, I'm that impatient, you know, yeah. like a lot of people. And it's, you know, it's not good. But but you're right. There is that 
I think there's that sort of sense of community and, and um, you know, you're engaging with the, com- with the company early on mm. when you're either, if you're doing this sort of crowdfunding, you know, purchasing through a crowdfunding platform or, or, or another mechanism where you're essentially pre-ordering something. Mm. Um, you know, but that comes back to uh, managing customer's expectation. If, if a customer thinks they're going to get something in a week and it takes a month, then they're going to be annoyed. If they think they're going to have to wait a month and they get it in a week, then they're going to be over the moon, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. No, it's interesting. It's interesting. And 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 so so how how did the crowdfunding work out for you? Was it was that successful? Yeah, it was good. So we we got funded, um, uh, but we but we learned. I would say we learned. It was a bit of a learning curve. Um, sure. We didn't really. Um, I think we could have we could have hit the the sort of. Um, PR and the marketing side now there there seems to be a lot more kind of um, third party mechanisms or third party companies that that kind of you know that boost your 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 views on Facebook and things like that Um, and when obviously you're up against that it's it's quite challenging Um, Mm. but yeah it was I mean you know it was successful in the sense that we we um, you know, we got it funded and we delivered the product. It was a little bit later than we um, than we anticipated, uh, but yeah, we got it out there and it's a product we're still selling. Um, we're we're thinking about doing another crowdfunding campaign later okay. on this year. We're sort of um, we're in the kind of late stages of developing a pretty revolutionary product. Um, so yeah, watch this space. Basically, it's going to be a bit of a game changer. Yeah. Oh, exciting. No, no exclusives for me, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid not. I haven't got anything to show you, unfortunately, but I can, I can tell you something, is, uh, is, something exciting is on, on the way. Yeah, so, cool. Yeah. And, 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 it, and so, so that obviously that's one route to market in terms of distribution um, and, and, and obviously creating orders on, on, on that new product. Now, how did you go about, you know, building the relationships with Evan Cycles and all, all the other distribution partners that you had? What was the kind of thought process and how did you approach? Yeah, I mean, well, we were, we were fortunate in the sense that some some of the buyers approached us because they right. saw the product, um, saw the product online, they saw it on our website, you know, they, they saw the, we, you know, when you're launching a brand new product, you know, the cycling press generally pick it up fairly quickly and they want something, you know, it's a new exciting product, you know, albeit, you know, even a lock is not, you know, locks aren't that exciting, let's be honest, but, you know, a new product on, into the market, you know, is, is something for them to write about. So we've got lots of, we've got lots of, lots of free press, um, which is good. We've got a fantastic um, marketing director who's now um, commercial director, Fran Smith, um, who is um, coincidentally married to Ben, my, my business partner. So she's right. been involved in this right from, uh, from day one, basically. Um, and she did a fantastic job um, uh, with all of the, the, you know, she worked her sort of marketing magic and, uh, you know, got us in all the right places and, you know, got a lot of free press out of, uh, out of the early uh, products. Uh, and that, you know, just kind of then snowboard, you know, you start, you know, Evan Cycles got in contact with us. We've got distributors that got in contact with us. Um, but also on the, on the flip side, Ben being, um, you know, he, he was... Uh, he'd, he'd worked in the bike industry for a number of years, right. so he had contacts. He, he he worked with a number of distributors. He'd worked with stores. So you know, 
obviously we you know those contacts were absolutely invaluable um uh, so you know the early stage of the business was very much you know ben and fran were were essentially selling and marketing the product and i was more involved in the development um, and the production of the product so i right. spent a lot of time in, in china basically with our partners out there yeah making sure the product gets gets delivered that so there must must have been some challenges in terms of making sure that the quality and consistency was there is is was that a problem or because you yeah, yeah. the right partner it was all right or? Yeah, we're fortunate. We're fortunate. We've got a fantastic partner. We've still, you know, we're still working with the same um, major supplier out there. So we don't, we didn't go to a bike lock manufacturer and and, and say to them, right, we want a, a bike lock that looks like this. We actually work with a with a, a, a small independent um, a company that essentially specialise in um, the development of new products uh, and the the organisation of um, essentially assembly lines um, and they outsourced all of the, or they helped source all of the different components and then consolidate those and essentially set up a production line uh, in, a, in a separate factory to, to get all of those products made. So um, yeah, they, they've been, they've been fantastic. And, and like I say, we, we still work with them, um, but yeah, it's always a, it's always a challenge, you know, making sure a product is good quality is, is, you know, is a big, big part of, of what we have to do so yeah cool and it must but how, how did it feel that first time when you know so, someone bought something that you you know thought up and, and designed it must be it must be quite a feeling yeah that was you know what it was I, I would say the first time I mean when we first set, started selling the product um that that was cool but where I where it really hit me was when I first went into London and I saw people using the product when I when I was walking past bikes that were locked up with our product that was like wow that's you know it's real. That. that's cool <laughs> amazing yeah yeah so, and it's i still get a kick out of it so i still you know i can go into london and, and spot however many you know hip locks out there um and yeah it's great it's really good it's good to see yeah no so it gives gives you gives you a, a reward whenever you go into town <laughs> yeah exactly. not that i've been into london much over the last year no. yeah no you and me both Oh, interesting. And 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 so, what what's the plans going forwards? Then is it con continuing the the output rate, or are you going to slow it down a bit? What what what, no, what are you no, doing? No, we're still 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 uh, still flat out uh, developing new products. Like I said, we've got a really exciting product coming later on this year. Um, so early part of this year, we we actually partnered up with um, a company called Uvex, who right. are a German um, uh, eyewear brand. Uh, well, they. So they specialize in, in protecting people. They, they have two sides of the business. They have um, Uvex Safety and Uvex Sports. Uvex Safety, primarily, uh, um, uh, it's PPE, basically. So um, right. eye protection, helmets, and the same with the sports side. So they do bicycle helmets, equestrian helmets, ski and snowboard helmets, and then um, uh, protective eyewear for um, cyclists and skiers and snowboarders. So we've basically joined joined their family, um, okay. their shareholders in the business. Um, uh, but it gives us an opportunity to um, work with their, uh, you know, really fantastic team, uh, you know, on new products, on um, you know, making obviously, you know, savings in terms of you know whether it's warehousing, logistics, you know, basically just kind of looking for synergies and 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 also tapping into their sales. Um, 
uh, and distribution network as well, which is obviously you know a big big part. So you know we're we're planning on on continuing to grow, uh, but uh, partnered up with them, we you know we, we hope we're going to be able to do that. So. Wow, so that's that's really exciting. So that basically gives you a bigger platform to go and go and design and build stuff with. It's, yeah, precisely. Yeah, precisely. Mm -hmm. So um, you know, it's it's early stages yet, but um, you know, they're 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 well known for you know designing and developing their own fantastic range of products. They manufacture uh, both in the Far East and in Germany, and um, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to sort of yeah working with them on a number of projects. So. Yeah, cool. It sounds sounds like some exciting times ahead. Yeah, definitely. And and, and in terms of um, your your kind of advice and guidance that you give to people who are considering launching a product. I mean, we've all we've all seen you know make make ten million pounds on Amazon and you know drop ship a product and all that all those kind of you know training courses that go away and give that. Is there any advice and guidance that you give to people who are kind of you know toying with that idea or considering getting into it? Yeah, well, I first of all, you know, designing and developing, you know, developing new products is, you know, it's not easy. You know, it costs a lot of money to get a product out there because, you know, there's a reason why it's, you know, people go and buy, you know, ready-made products because, you know, coming up with your own ideas, you know, is one thing. Actually, getting it into market is another. You know, there's always a requirement for some tooling investment. Uh, the design and development process, if you're not familiar with it, is you know is, is you know is not a is not a straight path. Um, mm. uh, I would say if if anyone's got a, a great idea that they want developing, you know, get get some professional you know input and, and advice. Um, you know, there are a number of design consultancies. You know, I mentioned my old company, Design Works. Uh, there's another really good company called Phase Two, um, uh, also based down in, in Windsor. That you know, that are great at helping people develop new products. Um, you know, but if you've got a good, good idea, you know, um, and you think it's and you think it's worth launching, then you know, go for it. Why not? You know, uh, but do your research. I think that's that's another <laughs> advice. I know that I've you know, in the past I've talked to people and they've said I've got a fantastic idea for a product, um, and five minutes later I found it on Google. You know, um, so do your research, make sure no one else has done it uh, and, uh, you know, and, and go for it. And, and, and if you were doing it from scratch, would you go down the route of, I, I guess you, because you had traction, you didn't necessarily need that, need to go through that process that way. But would you do it via Kickstarter if you were to start going now? Um, I think it's similar. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's a really, look, it, you know, Kickstarter does two things. It gives you the money up front. Um, and also it gives you a fantastic platform to market your product to an engaging audience who are happy to pay for something now and receive it later. Mm. So I think it's a great platform. Um, it's not for everyone. Um, and, you know, the, the more traditional, if you like, um, route to market has its advantages as well. Um, but it's definitely, you know, it's definitely, you know, especially for smaller companies, it's, it's really worthwhile. Um, looking at sure. yeah okay and, and and in terms of how you've kind of managed this process you mentioned you've got got children as well how, how do you kind of maintain that worth work-life balance you are you still out cycling what what's what's going on on that front 
not as not as much no no <laughs> not as much i mean it's it's like anything i i would say yeah you say manage it i mean i, I don't know if i do manage it particularly well sometimes i think <laughs> uh, you know my son would probably uh you know uh roll his eyes a little bit about you know the evenings and weekends that i i end up working um but that's you know that's that's part of the um you know that's part of the commitment you know i think when you run your own business that's that's part and parcel of it um i i think you know but but long term you know the, the plan is not to be working forever so you know got to be thinking long term but you know i think definitely being able to work from home um has obviously has its advantages so um previously i had quite a big commute so so having you know more time at home definitely helps uh but uh yeah i think yeah you, you can't lose sight of what's really important you know it's not just about business and, and you know chasing the dollar you know mm. Uh, no, I agree. And and are you still running? Because I my, my memory of you at school is just you hurtling around the, the, the track faster than everybody else. Was it the four hundred no, no, meters no. you were good at you were good at that one? No, if I'm if I I was I was pretty good, yeah, but um sadly <laughs> that has that has long since depart, departed. Yeah. The the, <laughs> the the quickest I get is is chasing after my dog that's you know, thinks it's hilarious that you know, picking up a bit of rubbish um, and <laughs> you know, trying to run after her. Uh, my son is a very good runner, so I've passed it on to him. He's a he's a good little fifteen hundred meter runner. I say yeah. little, almost as tall as me now. But no, he's <laughs> he's a good runner. But I I don't do anything. Dog walking and a bit of cycling is about, is about my my limit these days. Yeah. Okay. And 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 obviously during that that um, process of of building this company, there must have been some some things that you. Yeah, you, you wish you hadn't done. What 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 do you think the biggest mistake is that you made, and how how did you come kind of come back from that? Oh, um, biggest mistake, man. Um, that's a good question. Um, I would say, I mean, I would say probably not doing it sooner. No, honestly. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 yeah, we, we should have done it sooner. Uh, I mean, there's, we, you know, we made a num number of mistakes, but, you know, it's a bit of a cliche, but there are only really mistakes, you know, if you don't, if you don't learn from them, you know, sure. but, but it, you know, the whole, it still is a learning experience. You know, we, we have new, new members in, in, in the team um, that, you know, teachers, you know, teach us things all the time. Um, you know, I think that's, that's very important, you know. Hiring hiring good people is so mm. critical. Um, hiring people that can do things better than you, you know, is so critical. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know about any sort of specific mistakes. Um, we did order a product. Or we did order some components fairly early on that we hadn't tested properly, and then when we got them in, we realised they weren't right, so we had to scrap a load of them. Uh, that was that was a bit of a, a bit of a uh, we dropped the ball a little bit there, but um, you know we got over it and you know yeah. no harm done. So yeah, okay. And 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 in terms of um, how you manage that process in in getting getting employees in and managing people and all that stuff, do you do you have to get involved in that kind of day to day, or or less so um, now? 
Le less so now, yeah, we've got a fantastic COO that, that does that and she's incredible. Um, uh, I would say managing people is not my strong point. Um, I'm, I'm a bit more of an isolationist. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit more kind of head, head down. Um, I'm not particularly good at delegating work, um, which is, you know, good and bad sometimes. Sure. Um, but yeah, clearly, you know, growing any business is going to require lots of people. Mm. or more people than you know you on your own so uh yeah, i'm fortunate that you know other members of the team have got have got those skills so um <laughs> yeah yeah we do, we do okay but um, it's, it's it's a very very important you know, part of it yeah well it's, it's it's that kind of taking something from that embryonic kind of initial thing right we've got a product wow people want to buy it we're selling stuff you know and you're mm. seeing seeing them on the streets and so on and so forth getting some press about it it's um yeah building that kind of architecture and infrastructure that makes it all run smoothly is there's a skill to it isn't it yeah absolutely yeah and i don't think it ever runs smoothly i think it's you know it always feels like we're in the middle of a you know slightly chaotic phase um <laughs> you know whether it's in between production runs or in the middle of a production run you know it's yeah, I, I don't think there's ever any kind of magic bullets. There's no, there's no one bit of software that, 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 you know, makes it all work smoothly. Ultimately, you know, you need to you know, be on top of the numbers and, you know, be on top of what you're doing and, uh, you know, understanding, you know, stock and, and you know, lead times and things like that. Um, yeah, and, and communication as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's a really interesting story. I like, you know, I like the fact that it's the thing that you've been obviously been passionate about for a long time. You've gone and done that for your career, and then and then yeah, built a product out the end of it. That's yeah, you know, it's got a, it's, it's rewarding, isn't it? It's got a nice feel to it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, like I say, I, I'm, I think the fact that we created our own product is is the thing that I'm most proud of, and and that's actually the thing that I. You know, that's the thing that motivates me in the morning, you know, the mm -hmm. fact that we're continuing to do new products. You know, if, if we said tomorrow we weren't going to launch any new products, you know, I think I would probably, you know, I'd, I'd lose motivation very, very quickly because for me, it's it's always, I'm always thinking about the next product. I mean, I've, I've got a, a, you know, a long, long list of ideas that I want to do. You know, the, the difficulty is, is, you know, deciding which one next. That's, that's, the, that's the challenge for me. Um, but that's what I enjoy doing. But, you know, everyone's different. And, you know, for some people it's, you know, it's about the, you know, the running of the business and, and you know, working with people. And, you know, that's great as well. And I enjoy that. Uh, and I've learned a hell of a lot. But for me, it'll always be about, about the product. And, and so this strategic partnership that you now have, do you think that will enable you to execute products easy, more easily and faster potentially? Or is um, that the plan or...? I think, yeah, I mean, that's the plan. I don't know necessarily about faster because I think actually what we'll probably end up doing is is trying our, our kind of to, to sort of synchronize our, our development timelines a little bit. And actually right. um, we're, we're quite fortunate in that, you know, our, our sort of development lead time is is relatively short and that's can be frustrating, you know, when we're trying to plan ahead because we sort of change tack at the last minute sometimes, um, you know, or come up with ideas, you know, after we've told people what we're doing and you know that's the nature of product development mm. but uh i i think yeah it will it will definitely open some more doors for us um 
uh, and also it will give me personally more time to develop a, a, a team you know of people that you know can help us to you know to deliver new products going mm. forward so, yeah. yeah oh cool well it's, it's yeah it certain, certainly sounds sounds interesting and, and in terms of um, any other advice and guidance that you would give to people that are considering kind of commencing this journey is, is there any other tips that you would give um i would say just you know try and be different try, try and you know try and offer something unique you know because if you if you if you're not if what you're offering is the same as the you know another company um it's a lot more difficult to you know well it's a lot more difficult to sell a product you know uh, mm. you know you're then competing on on price or service really um so i think yeah try and do something different um and have fun doing it you know ultimately you know if you're not working in a business in a, you know in, a, in, a, in an industry that you're passionate about or you're not working with people that you really love or, or you know or products that you really enjoy working with then you know ultimately you know i don't think there's any point so you'll, you'll very quickly get bored of something i think if you're if you're in an industry that you you know you don't really love and i'm mm. grateful that i really like the cycling industry it's a you know it's a great bunch of people you know it's it's a you know it's an industry that i genuinely believe benefits you know human beings as you know as a species i think you know if the more people that can cycle you know the better off we'll be so um yeah it's a, it's a good it's a good industry to be in yeah oh, cool fine well i've really enjoyed our chat i've learned learned a lot about that kind of development cycle i've never been through that process i've looked at it a few times and thought can i come up with something but i was just going to rebrand someone else's some you know someone else i'm i'm not i'm non-creative so <laughs> well that, you know look there's plenty of people you know that, that make a success of that so i'm not knocking that at all but uh, yeah, i like i like to develop new stuff but uh, yeah that's yeah that's cool and and where where can we find you um in terms of the business website and and linkedin and if if you've got any closing remarks that would be that'd be really good yeah sure well um uh so you can find us online uh hiplock.com hiplock is h-i-p-l-o-k.com uh we're on obviously on all the usual uh, social media channels so so on instagram and um uh, you know facebook and, and twitter uh, so yeah, check us out on there. Um, come and see us um, online, uh, or just have a look in your local bike shop. You know, we, we're, we're in most bike shops. If we're not in your bike shop, then uh, you know, ask the bike owner, bike shop owner, why not, and <laughs> to get some stock in. <laughs> Very good. And and you're you're also on on LinkedIn as well, which is where we were we were chatting. I'm uh, yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. So. I'll, I'll put a, put a link in the show notes for that. But yeah, John, th thank you for your time. It's been really interesting learning about your journey. And uh, yeah, we wish you wish you all the best in your new strategic partnership. And certainly look forward to seeing some more of the products as they as they get released. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you for inviting me on. It's been a, been a pleasure, Matt. Yeah. Cheers, John. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Growth Show with Matt Lenzi. Please like our podcast and subscribe today.